Welcome to another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. I'm Bruce Wozniak, and wherever you have found the show, thanks for listening. This podcast is widely available, so know that there are lots of options out there to listen and subscribe. As you've been hearing me say the last few weeks, Now Hear This Entertainment has recently gotten added to both the Amazon Music and iHeartRadio apps and websites. The show website is nhte.net and has lots from all episodes plus links to social media and podcast listening platforms. Do be sure that you have also signed up there for the weekly e-newsletter about the podcast. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Victoria, British Columbia, Canada, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player whose new album was just released last month. He has performed more than 500 live shows, touring from small clubs to beautiful churches and alternative spaces to some of the biggest concert halls in the world. His videos have gotten a combined total of more than a half million views on his official YouTube channel, and he currently has more than 22,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. His story ranges from dropping out of seminary school to overcoming addiction and depression, You've been hearing the title track from his new album called Let Me Roar, performing under the name Northcote. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Matt Good. Hi, Bruce. Uh, thanks for reaching out to me about the show, and hello to you listeners as well. Thank you, Matt. Glad to have you here. Let's start off by having you tell the listeners all about the song of yours that was just playing called Let Me Roar. Well... Let Me Roar is the title track, and the song is begin as a simple um, beginning on a minor, and is a, a simple chord progression where I'm uh, working through lyrically with letting go of some of the pressure and expectations and the roaring feeling that I had within, and um, so that uh, the song to me has a bit of an edge and a bit of a tender spot um, that it's coming from. So that's a little bit about Let Me Roar. All right. Well, before we really get our sleeves rolled up here, I want to share with the audience about a new podcast that has just launched. In fact, the first three episodes came out on November 12th, and each one of those is more than an hour long. It's from a man who has had what I would call a most varied career as a composer and record producer, over 150 albums to his credit, spanning a 40-year career. Peter Link is what you might call a working man's composer, twice nominated for a Tony Award on Broadway and with a million-selling record to his credit and winner of the New York Theater Critics Drama Desk Award. Peter Link, he has seen great success in film scoring, Broadway musicals, pop music, gospel, television, and he's even written ballets for the Joffrey Ballet. Now he's presenting his life work in a series of podcasts called Scattershot Symphony, the music of Peter Link. Each episode is 90% music, but he still manages to entertain us with fascinating stories and anecdotes related to his music over the years. Each episode looks at a different movement in the symphony of his life's work. So if you love music, and who doesn't? You'll love getting an insider's listen to the work, the music, the stories around a life in music. That's Scattershot Symphony, the music of Peter Link. Here on NHTE, though, it's Matt Good, a.k.a. Northcote. So before we go any farther, let's talk about that. What does the name mean? Where did it come from? And when and why did you make the decision to go with something other than just your first and last name? Well, I was I started playing solo during a time when I was in a metal band and uh, I had the moniker of the Emerson letters named after my grandfather and uh, when I as I began to take my solo career more seriously I decided I wanted to change the name and at that time I was um, seeing uh, my wife who is from the from the northern Canada in the in the Arctic up in the Northwest Territories. And so I was living up there and I was singing at a steakhouse and working at a youth drop-in center. 
and I wanted to, I made a list of names that I was going to call for my moniker because my name, Matthew Good, is also the name of a uh, famous Canadian rock star. So I needed to have, I wanted to have a, a different moniker or a different name. And uh, I came um, across a poem entitled Dovecoat. And uh, that I was researching that image about the shelter for birds. Um, but instead of uh, calling the band, calling the project Dovecoat, I went with Northcoat because of my influence at the time of living in northern Canada. And approximately when was this? Uh, 2008, 2009. Oh, wow. Wow. Then. Well, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but just so you know, Matt, there are a lot of listeners to this show every week who are subscribing to this show because they want to learn from me and my guests. In other words, they themselves are up-and-comers in music. And I do feel like I hear a lot of people that don't spend the kind of time that you did in thinking of what to call, I'm going to say, their act— and so I just wonder if you could just spend a minute or two to talk about the importance of that and the time that you did put into it, because I think that some people, you hear their story, and it's just kind of an afterthought, as though they really didn't put much time into it, and I wonder how much they might regret that at some point in time when it really comes time to do some serious branding and marketing. Mm. Well, um, it. Just in my own experience, I chose something that was personal to me. The image of the the birds seeking shelter is symbolic and has meaning to me because that's the role that music plays for me in my personal life. And then the North was the t- kind of quite literally the time and place where I was deciding on the name. So if I were to give any advice that would be to pick something personal that has resonance with you. Um, Having said that, I don't know if I'm a genius at picking band names, (laughs) but, uh, but I, but I would recommend um, it, you know, because I did, I remember making a list on a laptop and trying to think of something that was trendy, cool, or, that, that, you know, I, I remember thinking of cool words and things like that. Um, however, I decided to, to go with something that had an image or a kind of like a photograph in my mind that had meaning to me. Um, so that could be some advice if people are seeking for seeking a name. Yeah, I like that. And for some reason, I'm thinking of Shane and Emily who were on this podcast as Shane and Emily and then came back around and said, no, we don't go by that anymore. Now we're actually called Arbor Season and spelled A-R-B-O-U-R, which is a nod to Shane being from Canada. So obviously, listeners, you can see that whereas initially it might be, I'm just going to go by Matt Good or I'm just going to go by Shane and Emily. Eventually, you need to put a lot of thought into that and say, okay, is this representative of who I want to be over my career and what I want my music to be known as. So thank you for that, Matt. And while we are laying a foundation here, clear up something else, too. I saw something that referred to you as a rock and roll poet, yet there was something else that compared you to certain indie folk acts. So share with the audience about your style of music, your genre. Mm. Uh, Well, I think that... uh, the beginning of my music career was in, was in aggressive music. Um, so I have a, an underground metal influence, uh, but also at the same time, the music of my childhood is AM radio country music. And so what, what I do or what I can't deny when I start to sing is a kind of an influence from underground, but also from country music. Mm, interesting. And so, uh, I, I think the poetry thing, I'm quite humbled to hear that, but I, uh, I was certainly raised with the poetry of the scriptures. And also in my 20s, I, uh, I did a lot of poetry reading or, or, t- or using poems to, uh, to inspire image, imagery for lyrics. Interesting. Um, and which I'm, which I'm still doing these days. So, uh, I find the the po- the poetry can 
bring me a bring me a feeling or a, a motive feeling that is surprising, and then I can investigate that feeling to write down my lyrics. Mm, wow, wow, that's tremendous. Okay, so now I can say congratulations on the new album. Thanks. Interestingly enough, last week on the show we heard Anna Christina Cash talk about her new album and it having been three years in the making. And Matt, in your case, it is said that your new album chronicles your nearly two-year personal journey out of darkness and is actually your first album in five years? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So go ahead and talk all about the new album, if you would. Sure. The last record I, I released was 2015, Hope is Made of Steel. And at that time, I was uh, a full-time musician and playing a lot of shows. And then there there came a time at around 2017 where I came off the road and started to turn down tours. And I... I I had a feeling within and also with, with speaking with mentors that I wanted to change, I, I needed to grow or change something about my writing and my voice. Mm-hmm. And so for the year or two after that, I really struggled with that, Bruce, to find if I were to change as a singer, if I were to grow as a singer, what would that look like for me? And um, And what I found was that I didn't so much work. I kept the discipline of writing each day, mm-hmm. but what I found was that I really needed to concentrate on work on other things in my life, mm. my relationship with my with myself, with my siblings, um, my relationship with where I come from, and my relationship with my spouse. And um, these were things that I worked through all while writing music, but that I never used any of that mu- any of that writing much for "Let Me Roar." It was part of the process, and so uh, eventually there came a moment in 2019 where I felt a bit of a breakthrough, and I felt that my voice kind of lower, and I felt uh, it was almost like meeting a stranger, or meeting somebody that I knew. Oh, there you are. That's what I was looking for. And so I took a, I took the leap of faith and I felt ready to sing. And we made plans to record Let Me Roar. And so talk about the album itself then. Sure. The, the album was recorded on Gabriola Island. It's on, on the West Coast here, Vancouver Island, there's a number of different islands surrounding. And Gabriola Island is a, a small community just a ferry ride across from the city of Nanaimo. And uh, I have a relationship with Gabriola Island because I have, I had been there before and had some important experiences there. So I, when uh, a friend of mine named Ray Spoon, they suggested a studio on Gabriola Island. And so I took, so the band and I went there and uh, the recording process was that reunion feeling that I was telling you about I also experienced that with my friends who I play music with because we had been we had been apart for a couple of years and we had a feeling of reuniting with them on Gabriola and uh, because of the you know there's no cell there's no cell service where we were mm. and we were away from we were away from uh, daily daily life we were able to really kind of sink in and be with with one another while making the record which is a special memory for me. And when I think about the record, I think about the experience of making it and, and less so about the songs and what they mean. And or I, I, I think mm. I, I think about the time recording and I trust it because it was special for me. Mm. So I trust that experience. Wow. And, um, you know, if, if listeners could, if listeners could have a sense for, if we, if I could communicate that in the record, it feels kind of like an obvious thing to say, but maybe abstract. That feeling of make I had while making the record, if I could communicate, if people could feel that while listening to it, that would be wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. 
So in there, though, Matt, you were mentioning about a personal experience that you had had with the island. What was that personal experience that you're referring back to? Well, on Gabriola Island, there was uh, there was a place there that's like a retreat where they have uh, they have classes and it's it's like a camp. And um, I, I came to a point. There was one night where. I woke up in my in my office in our apartment because I had I had slept on the floor the night before, and um, and my wife asked me about it and and she she said that it was it was time for me to make a move do something and change because I had I had uh, been withdrawing from her and others and I think probably my world for a while mm. and uh, if anybody has woken up on the floor and not really remembered the last day or two or more that next morning when she came to me she was really looking out for me and there was I felt the confrontation that yeah at this point I'm going to try I'll try anything I'll try something so the Gabriola Island is a I think it's a it's a therapeutic place where I, I went to take some classes and there's a focus on meditation and communication with others who are also in the class and uh, healthy eating and well just it was five days of reflection and so it was a a big moment an important moment for me in my life and after after that retreat on Gabriola that's when I came home and decided even if I don't even if I never get a hundred percent of the confidence I need to make a record, even though I have doubts, even though I'm not sure if my songs or singing is perfect, I'm going to do it anyway. Mm. And so I pulled together, let me roar. So just clarify then, because I do understand earlier when you were saying, I wish that the listeners could get a sense for my joy in just the process, but are the songs themselves a statement on what you're describing that you went through? Uh, is that what Let Me Roar, is that what the theme of the album is? Is is this conversion that you went through in, in your personal life? Maybe not so specifically, because, you know, on on the record, there is there is a number of different stories. There's a, there's a song referring to my father, there's some personal songs, there's a song just about a new friend that I, that I that I really love um so I think that on the record you see you you can meet many different characters or sides of my writing mm. and so I don't think the record is you know all about moving past uh abusive relationship with alcohol or, or it's not it's it, I don't think it has one topic in mind I think you know for me, I feel um, uh, the biggest part is th- the biggest theme for me would be letting go of the expectations I have on myself and just being appreciative and kind of just digging what I'm up to, just digging what I'm doing, dig- mm-hmm. you know, digging time with others around me. And, um, you know, cause for me, sometimes in my brain, I have a judge, I have a a mean judge in my brain or, a, mm. you know, almost, almost like a, you know, like a literal judge or like a, someone from, you know, with the law Yeah. and they're, they're trying to keep me in line mm. and when, or they're, 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 they're watching my every move. But when, when I can be free of that and just kind of say, I'm good, life is good. And, and that's, that's where I like to be. That's, I think about that a lot when I think about the record. Well, but at the same time, there's someone else up in your head, which is Matt Good, the songwriter. Never mind that judge who's trying to give you a hard time, but there's Matt Good, the songwriter, who's always talking to you. And what I'm getting at is it's one thing to go through what you've gone through and you know take the steps to work on those challenges, but it's another to, to go through that and be a songwriter and do things like interviews like you're doing right now and talk openly about going through treatment for addiction, depression, that kind of thing, 
But it's another thing to say, well, I'm a songwriter and everything is fair game when you're a songwriter. So will there come a time when eventually you'll say, yeah, I'm sure I'll end up writing a song about some of those experiences, whether it's just to be a release for myself or whether it's to help other people or both. But yeah, I'm I'm sure I'll probably get some, some new songs out of that whole experience too, Bruce, even though that's not what the album was intended to do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, when I write or what, when you know, any, with any art form, whether dance, writing, singing, you know, we, we can, you know, I'm Matt here talking to you right now, Bruce, and I'm 35 years old, but I'm also the nine-year-old Matt is here mm. and the, the 30, the 31 year old Matt who was really struggling is here with you now too. And the, the 35 year old who's confident and feeling okay is here. And so I have all of these stories which I can offer. And so if that's something that maybe your listeners would find helpful is there is there is so much to access and to discover about our experience here. And sometimes it takes a lot of courage and then, you know, to to find what's there. Uh, but it's something I'm also been working on. Does that make sense, Bruce? It does. It does. And I'm sure that there's a lot of courage Thanks. in getting to the point where somebody will say, okay, you know what? I'm at peace enough now that I can put it out in the form of a song. You know, there's, there's all these steps that you have to take and doing so, talking about it on an interview is not the first step. You've already taken some steps where then you're talking about it in an interview. Then when you say, well, now I'm really going to put myself out there and I'm going to make myself vulnerable <laughs> and I'm going to tell my story in a song to me there you know that's just a a testimony to courage that continues to build by the way i do want to make sure that i take time out to let you talk about the fact that the new album was not only released digitally but in physical units too i'm talking both vinyl and cd which doesn't seem like it's anything new to you because you've done a seven inch vinyl release previously as well as cds yes yeah yeah, we have uh, Hope Has Made a Steal was released on vinyl as well as the first as the self-titled record 2013. And so uh it's so this record uh people who follow what I do I believe like to have that keepsake and like to hear it on vinyl. And so um we like to make that available. And, yeah. Nice. Nice. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Western Canada by singer, songwriter, guitar player Matt Good, who, as you heard, performs under the name Northcote. Visit his official website at northcotemusic.com. I will, of course, put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. There are lots of social media platforms to check out as well. There are links at the bottom of his website to find Northcote on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. His new album, as you've been hearing, is called Let Me Roar and is available for purchase on iTunes or get physical units by starting at northcoatmusic.com. You can follow Northcote, of course, on Spotify, but the better way to support him is by purchasing his music. He even has other merchandise for sale on his website. You can also buy Northcote's music online from Amazon Music, but this is where I have to remind you, Anytime you're going to buy anything at all from Amazon, start by going to my show website, nhte.net, and scroll down to the tall Amazon banner. Once you tap or click that, you'll be taken to Amazon, but in the process, you'll be helping me in this show at no extra cost to you because at the end of the transaction, they will calculate a small percentage to kick back to me, which helps with the expenses I have for doing this show every week, and it's all anonymous. So I don't know who bought through my banner or what was purchased, or how much was spent. Like I said, it's no extra cost to you, so please start your Amazon shopping by scrolling down to the tall Amazon banner on nhte.net. It doesn't all have to go into Jeff Bezos's pocket. Let them kick a little bit of it back to me and the NHTE podcast. Matt, you are originally from Saskatchewan. When and why did you move to British Columbia and... Also, I know it's tough to comment on an entire province, but at least in the communities where you've lived, are the music scenes the same back there and where you are now, 
or are they different, or is it a case of pre-pandemic, Bruce, I've always just really been more focused on touring and not spending time performing in my local market? Oh, it gotcha. Well, we moved out to Victoria about uh, well, 10 years ago. Oh. Um, my, my wife got into a program here, and so we moved around for support for her career and, and dreams as well, as well as obviously making sacrifices for, for me playing music. But we came out to Victoria for school mm-hmm. and uh, have stayed. And um, so uh, in regard, about the different music scenes, uh, the music scene in Saskatchewan is like a fond memory for me because, you know, in my early 20s, that's when I was... 100% into music and so passionate and <laughs> and uh you know that's where my heroes were playing for 150 people you know there was mm. there was a band called Ghosts of Modern Man that was it was an aggressive angular indie rock band with complex drumming that had slower kind of ambient parts as well and then uh, there was a group called Library Voices which is which that band took me uh was the first band that took me on tour so with my solo act mm. and they were a 10 a 10 piece kind of party band wow they're, they're kind of uh, indie rock um pop songs uh kind of influenced by 60s music and also kind of um angular indie rock so it's it's hard to it's hard, it's hard to compare Saskatchewan music scene to Victoria I think that uh, you know, but it's it it really is so far apart. You know, it, I grew up not too far from North Dakota. Like we grew up on the border, an hour an hour and a half or two hours from Minot, North Dakota. Uh. So culturally, culturally, it's uh, maybe a bit more rugged, sparse. The land is a bit more harsh, and there's more extremes and less less people around so that influences the music i believe and then out on the west coast is is um, more of a rainforest with more surfing culture um beach culture um so in those those ways i think influence the music although it's hard to make a hard and fast rule about regional music sure isn't it sure <laughs> Well, and listeners, I can't hear Matt refer to North Dakota without thinking of their neighbors, South Dakota, and the fact that there was actually a band on this show from South Dakota just seems so remote, especially when you're all the way down in Florida. Uh, But the boys from the band called Judd Who's were on this show back on episode 314. I'll put a link to their episode as well as Arbor Season on the show page for the North Code episode on nhte.net. Matt, go ahead and share the story with us of growing up in the church and eventually going to seminary school. And then also, when and how did you start seeing signs of a music career? Well, you know, I was I was raised in a, a town of about a thousand people in Saskatchewan. Mm. Wow. And uh, we, we attended a church in a small town called Wawota. Saskatchewan, and there's a, it was a congregation of about 40 people, mm. and uh, that was a, a main staple in our the culture of the family I grew up in, and so the people in the church congregation were like extended family, aunts and uncles and grandparents, Yeah, um, you know, and so when I was a kid, we used to, I used to read the hymn books and follow the music and learn to read the choral music and we I would read the scripture in front of people and get lessons on how to read clearly and project my voice and sing in front of people and read and talk in front of people mm. and um, I went to uh, a Christian boarding school again in a rural country area you know in a small town and there I I, I was studying to I wanted to become a minister. I had mm. always had a fascination with the scriptures and the stories, and they've become such a big part of my imagination and my mind as a kid. Mm-hmm. And and um, when in my late when I was nineteen or so, 
I was on a mission trip. I went, went on a mission trip to Africa. Mm. And when I came home from the mission trip, um, you know, I'm not sure how to talk about it, but that that is that trip was influential in me uh, leaving the faith in a way, mm. um, formal, formally. Um, I I no longer felt called to, you know, preach mm-hmm. the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was a beginning to, and then then the world of music opened a lot and I, I, I had a good, a really close friend named Eric and Eric and I began reading, um, uh, some of the, some poetry and he was such a great reader. And, uh, we, we read, I remember the brothers Karamazov, the Dostoevsky novel, the giant novel. Mm. We would, we would talk about, you know, Moby Dick and things <laughs> like that. And so we, I think what I was realizing was the sacred, the sacred exists outside of, my uh, religious world that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. There's sacred, te- there's sacred texts and sacred knowledge and kind of a, this God is, is in all everywhere out there. And when my world starts to open like that, um, that's part of my drive in the music too. And, uh, the, the metal band that I referenced earlier, there was, uh, maybe I was 22 or so, we were we got a record deal from a hardcore metal label in California, wow. and I remember that day we were we were on tour, and uh, we were actually coming to Victoria, which is strange. We're on the ferry <laughs> to Victoria. We we got news that we were going to be our our metal band. Me and my teenage friends were going to be on a record label, and that was affirmed. That affirmed that what we were making was was of good quality. Yeah, yeah. To me. And that that led to lots of playing for, mm. I don't know, it was like five five years, Bruce, of just mm. playing like hundreds and hundreds of <laughs> bars and church basements and things like that. So <laughs> when when the the work ethic and the the amount that I played in the metal band, it um, is still kind of with me. Is like that that is when I knew I wanted to do it as a as a, that I was devoted to performing and taking it taking myself seriously as an artist okay okay there's been there's been a few moments along the way with north coat as well um but uh, going back to that the hardcore band getting a record deal was it was a big one yeah no doubt no doubt well so present day you are a mental health worker and it is said that your work with the homeless and at-risk communities in your hometown led you to find your purpose. Explain that. Um, well, when uh, I was full-time, I was full-time touring for, for three or four years around the North Coast self-titled and Hope is Made of Steel. And then when the touring stopped and I was doing some more personal work like I was talking to you about, I needed a job. Like I needed some money and some income. And, and uh, I met some friends I met some folks at a dinner party who were doing harm reduction work in Victoria. And at, at that time I was feeling like a bit of a loner and I I met these folks and I thought I would really like this influence in my life. I saw people who were doing work that aligned with some values that I have as well and who were interesting in working in a artistic and interesting workplace. Uh, so in that sense, uh, working in harm reduction and mental health in Victoria, I've found some friends and some allies mm-hmm. and some common spirited people and people that I find interesting and inspiring who kind of, who work for people's dignity at any place in their walk of their life and, and, uh, who, work to provide safety we're in a world that is that just seems so unsafe mm. a lot of the time wow wow so yeah and listeners everything that matt is talking about right now is important because whether you're sitting there saying well i want to do music full-time or doesn't he do music full-time the fact of the matter is you can be someone who's in music full-time but 
as I've said so many times on the show, as I write so many times in my weekly blog, this is a new economy that we're in, and nobody's doing just one thing. And you're also going to be full-time in your music career, but you're going to find that you have personal interests that you want to pursue. You're going to find that there's charitable efforts that you want to pursue. And so something like what Matt's talking about, that the work that he's doing that's giving him personal gratification has nothing to do with his music career, but at the same time, it all comes together because there is a big part of him that is the music person that you're hearing interviewed here on Now Hear This Entertainment. So don't shortchange this conversation that he's having right now and this work that he's doing because this is important to his mental health as other pursuits should be for you in your musical pursuits so that you don't have that judge in your head that's talking to you and saying you haven't written recently or your music isn't good enough or look at what the other people are doing you got to find these other peaceful outlets and Matt, I think that's what you're saying is is what you discovered with this group that you joined up with. Yeah, thank you, Bruce. Thanks for having my back on that. You know, like the um, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, because yeah, when you need, need to earn money, I'm a very I'm an incredibly blessed person with loving home, and I need to earn some money, and so I I, I work a I work at my day job and then I, it takes some extra devotion to dig into the music. Um, but, uh, yeah, very lucky. You know what, with songwriting and being an artist, what's important for me is what is, um, okay, I'm going to make another obvious statement, mm-hmm. <laughs> but who, who, who are you is kind of the question, you know? Like who am I? Who who are you? What's important to you? What do you struggle with? What are you? What's on your mind? You know, it seems so obvious, but it's actually really, it's difficult to exp- to express that in music. But like, um, so by, I'm really lucky that my day job has kind of become something that's important to me and and part of who I am. Yeah. So. Absolutely. So that's lucky. I have I, I have pumped a lot of gas and washed dishes and painted houses and <laughs> that stuff is all cool too. You know, like we everybody, you know, we like um, that's the way the the world works. But uh, I think that's the end of that little rant. There, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> We've all got bills to pay. We all got bills to pay. <laughs> well. At the end of today's episode, we're going to have you talk about, and then I will play another song from your new album, but we're not there yet. So first, let's talk about the video for the song Nine to Midnight. Really nicely done, by the way. That does not look like a video from an indie artist. So tell me, are the others in the video actors, or were they people you knew? Where was it shot? And please talk to me about those cool old cars that are shown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, the director's name is Zia Callian. He's from Victoria, and it, I would consider the the director a professional director. So, it it is an indie budget, but I was lucky to be around people whose work is great. You know, mm-hmm. that's when you think when you're. That's another good advice thing. Is like, it, is the person interested in understanding what I am, who I am? And are they a good influence of top quality? Mm. You know, so it's like who, to, who I like, who I want to surround myself with. Do, do they like what I'm doing? And are, are they bringing, are, are, are they taking their work seriously mm. or with the, with the quality? And that the video, uh, well, my father ran a shop when I was a boy. And so the the song, I've always wanted to write a song I guess for him or about him or as a thank you or as a telling him what I saw, those types of things. And so nine to midnight is reflecting on having some of those memories of when I was a young boy playing in the shop. So who are those other people that are in the video? Are those, are those just actors? And and like I said, what about those cars? Who owns those cars? Right. Thanks. The, the actors are, the director put out a, some kind of advertisement to acting to acting agencies. Mm-hmm. So they are actors. Mm-hmm. They are actors. the The young boy, especially, has been in um, 
some commercials and uh he was telling me he was in a horror movie oh. so the the lead the young boy is a has um has an acting agent mm-hmm. but you know the, the the dad is the boy's dad oh so that's real life dad son. oh wow yeah so that was kind of cool i thought they were great in the video and really yeah. really cool to work with and the cars well that shop is my dad's friend's cars oh. and, so, and the green the green car one is belongs to my father and I can't remember what other ones are in there, but I did work with my dad on the video in that way to nice. arrange the cars and how the garage would look. Nice, nice. I like it. Well, listeners, I've spent some time recently thinking about how people probably hear me talking every week about the Access Vegas newsletter and probably feel like, why is he talking about that? There's a pandemic going on. I'm not going to Las Vegas or anywhere anytime soon. And I totally get that. But here's the thing. A, if you've been listening the last several weeks, you know that Las Vegas is very much back open for business. But B, that city is always changing. There is so much to keep up with when it comes to Las Vegas that the Access Vegas newsletter is the perfect way to be in the know with everything going on there. Think of it like this. A student starts the school year knowing that at the end, months and months and months later, they're going to have an exam. They don't say, uh, I don't need to pay attention to this stuff right now. They keep up with everything over all that time so that they're ready when it's time. So when the day comes that you're planning a Las Vegas trip, you want to be ready with tips, insider information, recommendations, time savers, and of course, saving money and getting the most bang for your buck. You want to pass that test so you can come back and get an A-plus for the stories that you're going to tell everyone about your time out there. Start today by going to my show website, nhte.net, and scroll down to the Access Vegas logo, tap or click on that, and then during sign-up, put in the code BRUCE to get $5 off. Matt, speaking of Las Vegas, at the beginning of this episode, I mentioned in the intro that you have performed more than 500 live shows globally. Is there any one or two destinations or maybe venues that really stand out in your mind as real highlights, someplace really memorable that you got to play? Hmm. Oh, but uh, before the virus and the um, quarantine, we did some shows earlier this year in uh, over in Europe, and we played a couple uh, beautiful churches. We are supporting an artist named Dave Hawes from Philadelphia and also California, and I'm trying to pick. There was about four or five beautiful ones on that tour. Mm. <laughs> um, but the one in... You're saying we. What does the Northcote band look like that you're saying we? Oh, for that tour, it was Stephen was on guitar, and we performed as a duo. Ah. And the, the, there's two that come to mind. One was in London, England. It was a Union Chapel. Mm. And there's, it was... Uh, it's a seated venue with a balcony. And then the other one was called Rheinkirch, which is in uh, near Frankfurt. The town is called uh, Wiesbaden in Germany. Mm. There's an old Gothic church over there. Um, so those are the two that come to mind right now. I'm also remembering one in Berlin on the first first headline tour, which was about 90 people in a, packed into a small room mm-hmm. in the one stage right was it was glass it was angled glass looking down to the street and so the guitar player was kind of (laughs) balancing on that and the mic stand was on a milk crate (laughs) because there wasn't enough room for me so the mic stand was and uh, that was that one comes to mind (laughs) often for me because the special memory so just clarify because you said that you did those shows as a duo what does the full band look like when, when it's Northcote, say, in Victoria, or, or I'll just say British Columbia, for example, where you can have a full band and more than just a duo, in other words? We play with drum, bass, electric guitar, and I play acoustic guitar. Okay, okay. Well, we're going to close today with the song of yours that you talked about the video for called Nine to Midnight. First, though, share with the audience all about this song, if you would, please. Yeah, well, the nine to midnight when when I when I was a boy, uh, I remember Dad coming home for dinner 
with his winter jacket on and then uh, having a few bites to eat and then going back to work. Hmm. And, you know, those were cold, dark winters. And I just remember the headlights, you know, kind of coming into the, we lived out just outside of town. So they had, we had a kind of a long driveway, maybe 400 yards from the road down to the house. And so uh, some nights I would go into the shop with him. And so this, those are kind of the memories and moments that I thought of thinking about this and just acknowledging uh, my dad for um, just seeing him in that space, seeing him as when he was a young man raising a family. So uh, as a song for him. Yeah, and you've done a good job of describing it from your vantage point, and I think the director did a wonderful job of painting a picture on video for you of it because I watched that video with great interest and really felt like I could tell the story that was attempting to be told by the song because of the great job that the director did. And as I said, again, a really, really good-looking video. So listeners, please do check out the video as well. Matt, again, congratulations on the new album, and thank you so much for being on Now Hear This Entertainment. Thank you very much, Bruce. Take care. My pleasure. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player Matt Good, who you will find everywhere as Northcote. Visit his official website at northcotemusic.com. From there, you can also find links to all of his social media This morning, I liked his Facebook page and I followed him on Twitter and Instagram, so I strongly am encouraging you to please do the same. You heard him talk about the video for 9 to Midnight, and back in the intro, I said that the videos on his channel have gotten a combined total of more than a half million views, so do subscribe to Matt's YouTube channel as well. Tell him you heard him and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment, whether you're listening to this interview the day after it comes out or six months after it comes out. His new album is called Let Me Roar and can be purchased digitally through iTunes or get physical units from northcoatmusic.com where you can get other music and merchandise too. Remember that you can also get Let Me Roar from Amazon Music and that any time that you're purchasing anything at all from Amazon, I'd really appreciate you helping me out by starting first on my show website, nhte.net, and scroll down to the tall Amazon banner and tap or click that to get on your way. Just for doing that, at the end of the transaction, they will kick back a small percentage of the sale to me, which helps with the expenses that I have for doing this show every week for what has been well over six and a half years now. Remember, it's no extra cost to you, and unless you write to me via podcast at nhte.net to let me know that you did it, it's completely confidential. I don't know who bought through my banner or what was purchased or how much was spent. If you know people who are always buying from Amazon, please do let them know as well. That's going to do it for episode 355. I really appreciate everyone who listens to the show every week. We'll wrap up this episode with another song from Northcote. This is the one you just heard him talk about. It's called Nine to Midnight. Little boy sitting on the floor in front of the stereo There's only one station no need to turn the dial Learning all the songs and the words that the older people know Waiting for my father to come home Cause later tonight I'll take her out into town on the passenger side He'll turn the key and I'll run to bring up the sharp light It's the secret hours that
Watching for headlights coming down the lane I was never afraid of the cold Cause later tonight I'll take a ride into town On the passenger side He'll turn the key and I will run Bring up the sharp lights It's the secret hours that Working overtime from 